2-2, our score here from Gunnison Fieldhouse in Burlington, Vermont, on the campus of the University of Vermont. And we are after two periods of play. I'm Mike Mack with John Leahy. Second intermission brought to you by Merrimack Graduate Studies. At Merrimack, you can earn your master's degree in as little as one year. Choose from graduate programs in business, education, engineering, health sciences, criminology, and so much more. Visit merrimack.edu backslash graduate today for all the details. Mike McMahon joins us again uh, here in the second intermission for, uh, from the MacReport.com and also the Eagle Tribune and College Hockey News. Mike, I guess you have some insight uh, with regard to the disallowed goal in the first period, so why don't we start off by talking about that. A uh, big two-goal swing there as the goal ends up being disallowed, and Merrimack gets a goal right after that to take the lead. But uh, I guess uh, from your vantage point, your spot in, in these four separate press boxes that they have here that hang over the stands, and in your case, actually over the benches uh, over there at Center Rice, you were able to hear uh, pretty well the explanation that the referee was giving to the coaches. Uh, yeah, well, I'm actually, we're on position. I'm sort of right above Kevin Snedden, uh, from the middle, of the, the middle of the Vermont bench. So John Gravelis came out of the box, went over to him and said that uh, that Dealey had the puck covered in his glove. There wasn't a whistle, but Craig Poffer kicked it out of Delia's glove. He didn't use a stick. So uh, the gist of, from what I can understand, and even from looking at the rule, if he knocked it out with his stick, it would have counted. Uh, but because he kicked it out, it's considered a kicked-in puck, and therefore the goal didn't count. Do you have access to replays over there? Uh, I, I was watching the, the feed that they have that they stream uh, for viewers. So it was hard to tell on that angle. I was more so at that point listening for a whistle. Uh, I had my headphones in because I was trying to hear whether or not a whistle blew. Both live and from the video that I saw, I didn't hear a whistle blow, even though he had the puck covered. So uh, I'm, I'm guessing if Puffer, Puffer were to jam it out with a stick, it's probably a goal to count him. But Gravely said he kicked it in. And then Merrimack scores it was 57 seconds later. So, yeah, I mean, that was a kind of a crazy sequence and definitely a big one. Yeah, I, I go back a few years ago to that hockey's championship game, the one nothing game between Lowell and BU, and Lowell had the goal disallowed. Or was it that BU's goal is allowed? I forget. I, 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 think, I thought it was a goal that was... Uh, was disallowed, and the reason given at that time was intent to blow the whistle. Remember this? And I'm so, so I'm thinking the same thing here in this situation that that would have applied. That that I'm not a big fan of that. I mean, that, that to me sort of seems like you're giving the referee a mulligan on that one. Like, oh no, I meant to blow my whistle. Like, well, either you did or you didn't. When I in that situation though, and I think that the similarity maybe between that hockey's championship game one with this was that there was no opportunity. You know, the play had happened so quickly that the referee. Could could not have, you know, brought the whistle up and blown the whistle before, you know. Yeah. The, the, when you make the decision to do it and then you actually do it, there's a split second there, and that was when that the play happened in that game back a few years ago. I felt like the same thing happened here. Gilia had the glove on the ice. The puck was clearly covered, and then in that split second, you know, the player comes in and is able to somehow somehow knock it in. I think you could have made the same argument. You could have. I'm not sure that they would have they would have done that here. I mean, it, it all depends, I guess. The thing is, I'm pretty sure it was the same officials about Bunyan and Gravelise in that game, too. It may have been, yeah. I, I'd like to look at the replay on both of those. Even that going back to that hockey championship game, to sort of see, I mean, you'll be able to see the official. Was he bringing the whistle up to yeah. blow it? Then I think it's different other than yeah, other than maybe, you know, if the referee isn't even bringing his hand up and just looks at the replay and goes, oh, yeah, you know what, I probably should have blown the whistle there. Yeah. It's almost giving himself a mulligan. But, uh, yeah, I, I, clearly he had the puck covered. I mean, that was that was clear as day. He had the puck covered. And, and at the same time, you know, I'm willing to give him a little bit of a benefit of the doubt because it's not like the whistle blows instantaneously 
on all those plays. We've seen plays where a goalie has the puck covered and then all of a sudden we'll pick it up and throw it off or whatever. Um, usually they need to, you need to have a cover there for a second or a second and a half before they'll blow the whistle. But clearly he had the, he had the puck covered. I thought, you know, I thought there should have been a whistle blown, which is why originally when I was looking at the replay I was listening for one because I thought that's what they were originally looking at. Right. Well, we'll move on to something else. I'm sure we bored enough people with uh, enough uh, two or three minute discussion on that topic. But uh, this game here tonight, two to two after one, two to two again after two. I felt like Merrimack was lucky to get out of that first one in a two to two tie, and uh, certainly including the goal that we mentioned that was disallowed that would have given Vermont the lead. But uh, the second period, I thought after maybe you know, you know, the second period was better than the first period. And uh, Vermont, one of the things that that jumps out to me watching them last night and tonight. I haven't seen them all year, so I don't know. They're, I, th- I feel like they may be the most, the, the strongest, maybe most physical team. Maybe, maybe Lowell, maybe throw Lowell in there too. But in terms of, you know, they are hard to move off the puck. They're very strong on the forecheck. Uh, very, very physical around their own net and the other team's net. This is a team that, you know, they may not have a 20-goal score. They may not have even have a 30-point score yet, but you look at what they're able to do up and down the lineup when they roll four lines, and uh, there's not a, a lot of other teams like them out there. I think that makes them dangerous in a playoff series, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought that they were... I thought they dominated Merrimack in front of their own net in the first period. I thought, I mean, that was... Like you said, they were lucky to get out of that first period 2-2. I thought they easily could have been trailing after that first. Even though the, the game was tied, and you know, realistically, Merrimack had two leads in that period, and I did not think they played very well. And a lot of it was net front. I mean, Colin Dealey was getting beat up almost every single time down ice there was someone in his face in his crease I mean this is now think about it just like this this is twice now where we've had reviews on Vermont goals because of contact to the goaltender there was one last night that was allowed one tonight that wasn't but that just sort of speaks to the activity that, that they were able to create in front of the Merrimack net although they did a better job the Merrimack did a better job of preventing that in the second period some of that with puck possession they were, the puck wasn't in their end as much but yeah I thought the, I thought the second period was a, more of an even period I think shots on goal were 9-9 in the second period but also I, you know I'd say scoring chances were about the same too. Each each team had maybe one or two of those shots, you know, really of, of high quality, but a pretty even second period after, you know, despite the high score, I thought the first period was, was pretty much all Vermont outside of the first maybe three or four minutes. Alright, we know what happened uh, last night in the third period. Uh, for Merrimack to you know, we know they need at least a point tonight for them to do that. I feel like they can't have the same third period that they had last night. So, you know, from, from your standpoint, what has to be different? Well, there's certain elements to take. I think you take the goal 41 seconds into the period. Period for sure. Uh, yeah, but I mean, other than that, I think that was one of just two shots they had on the third period last night. So, third period needs to be better. Uh, you know, they they know what they need. <laughs> I mean, you don't need any, you still don't need any help, which is nice. I mean, you, you just need a point here to get home ice. So, uh, I, I think that you know, even last night, I'm sure maybe the coaches knew what the situation was uh, and, and knew you know what the other scores were around the league. I highly doubt the players did. So now you got a whole locker room of guys that know what you need. Now that you know, not that they know that it, not that they didn't think needed to win the game last night, but uh, clearly there should be some motivation there. I mean, all you got to do is get your job done, and you don't have to worry about that UConn-UNH score, so uh, I think they need to they need to continue to do things that they did in the second period in terms of keeping Vermont away from their own net, but uh, I still think they need to do a better job of creating some scoring chances. 
All right, thanks, Mike, as always. Playoffs coming up this weekend. We know Merrimack will open playoff play uh, in the first round on Friday. Uh, what's your plan for this week? The Mac Report uh, you know, um, uh, you know, VIP podcast and uh, coaches show, etc. What happens this week? Uh, it'll be a normal week with the Friday game. I mean, now that we know, no matter what, it's opening on a Friday. I know there was. I think there's might be one series. I'm not sure where that opens on a Thursday, uh, and go, maybe because of a building issue. But yeah, with all, no matter who Merrimack plays, whether they're at home, uh, whether they're at UConn or at UNH, they're all Friday, Saturday, Sunday, if necessary. So it'll be a pretty normal week for me. All right, so coaches show Tuesday night, right? Yeah. Uh, chat Wednesday, uh, and then preview starting on Thursday, I assume? Uh, yeah, I might try to get some preview stuff on Wednesday. We'll see how the week goes. Uh, but yeah. All right, Mike, thanks as always. We appreciate it. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you again next week. Sounds good, thanks. All right, that's Mike McMahon from themacreport.com. We'll be back with more right after this. 2-2 two two, our score after two, third period. Coming up here from Gutterson Fieldhouse. We're back with more right after this. This is Warrior Hockey.